Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. Happy birthday, Revival Life Church. Happy anniversary. Man, has it been this long already? Another birthday coming around. Good thing we're not Jehovah Witnesses, so we get to celebrate this, right? Probably shouldn't put that in the video, but I'm, you know, hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm so excited to be celebrating this with you today. Our anniversary service, it's been such a wild ride I had a bunch of folks celebrate with us this week. It's been so cool. At the same point, it's it's a little bittersweet because, you know, we're in a crazy time. And I wish we could get together. We normally have a barbecue. I eat too much food. Somehow, Bikanya is the anniversary meat of Revival Life Church, and I miss it a lot. Uh, I had uh, someone bring us by some... Uh, picanha and some um, sausage. We had somebody bring by some whipped coffee sugar. Well, I mean, we're, well, I mean, and we had somebody come bring us brownies. Then I am growing in this season of quarantine. Let me tell you, the Lord is growing me. Unfortunately, it's mostly physical. Uh, I need to learn how to put down the food. Snack time has crept into every area of my life at this season, and uh, we got to get a grip on that, right? I want to talk to you today in the midst of this kind of craziness uh, about a better future. I want to talk to you about a better future. Now, we're going to take a little trip down memory lane today, so stay focused. This is going to be kind of a neat service, different than anything we've ever done. In this season of kind of craziness and and coronavirus and quarantine and lock-in, it can feel like the voices can be overwhelming at times. Uh, I've seen people people in ministry who just, it felt like the world was caving in as we were transitioning here. Some people have dealt with it better than others. And uh, I have talked to our ministry leaders here at the church and it has been challenging for us and it's no different for you. I know in our lives, chaos in the natural realm can feel like chaos in the emotional realm. And we can ask God, why is this happening? What, why, why are we going through this and in, in, in the desire for answers, sometimes when we don't get an answer, we fill in the blanks for God. Sometimes unknowingly, we give answers that God isn't actually giving. Now, in the Bible, we find out that fortune telling is evil. Fortune telling is saying that we have received a spiritual answer when we really never did. Fortune telling is making up a future that God never spoke. That's fortune telling. We know that prophecy, it uplifts, it encourages, it equips us for the season of head. Fortune telling is evil and it's forbidden. Now, not all the fortune tellers in our lives have a crystal ball and a thing on their head, right? Sometimes we could be the false prophet in our own life. Sometimes we're our own fortune tellers of doom. 
We think about what's not going to work out, what's not going to happen, how things aren't going to fall in place, how the provision won't come in. But we know that's not God because we know the spirit of prophecy is edification, exhortation, and equipping. The prophet of doom can't be God. This is a lesson that I am learning all over again right now in this season of lock-in. In this season of uncertainty, I'm beginning to discern the own voices in my own life. And I'm guessing you are as well. I'm guessing that I'm not the only one on this journey in this season, recognizing that there might be some stuff going on internally up here that is not encouraging, it's not uplifting, and it's not equipping. As a matter of fact, it's condemnation. And that's how we know it's not God. And here's why I'm telling you this. Don't let anxiety rob you of God's amazing plan for your life. You can't allow it to happen. The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. God said that, I, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Let me speak a truth over your life right now if you're feeling like you're in a little bit of chaos. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, Things which eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, in which have not entered in the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those that love him. You have not even thought, the greatest thoughts you've had, you've not even thought the great thoughts that God has for you. You've not even seen the great things that God has for you. Your heart hasn't even discerned all the amazing things that God has for your life. Stop making up bad things. Let's begin in this season to tap into the God things for our lives, the hope, the future, the joy, the peace. And so today, in this anniversary service, I want to talk a little bit about how do we keep God's plan at the center of our lives? How do we center our plans on God's plan? That's what I want to talk about. Listen, let me tell you the easiest way to keep God's plan at the center of our plan. You ready? Here you go. We need to remind ourselves of what God has done in the past. The easiest way to keep God's plan at the center of our plan is remember what God has done in the past. Now, the psalmist said this in Psalm 119, verse 99. He said, I have more insight than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. When you meditate, when you keep your mind on the things God has done for you, you have all the wisdom. You have all the knowledge. You have all the hope that all your teachers have because you have your mindset on the things of God. And so today, we're going to take a little prophetic and historical journey through Revival Life Church. Now, there is this fact that we have to accept that God is building a story in your life with the testimony of what he has brought you through already. God is building, he's co-authoring your story with you, and he's using the testimony of what he's brought you through to help build it. Now, in the Old Testament, they have this, uh, this, this already laid out. There's this principle that we see in the scriptures. Now, if you remember, Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the desert, but he didn't bring them into the promised land. 
Joshua took over and then Moses passed away. And God told Joshua, look, you're it. Get up and go. And as he began to take them across the Jordan, this is what it says in Joshua chapter 4, verse 2. This is the command of God to Joshua. Watch this. He told Joshua, take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them saying, Take up for yourselves 12 stones from here, out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing, and carry them over with you, and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. Literally, he said, when you're crossing through the river, get the head of each tribe, or a man from each tribe, and have them get a stone and lay it down in a pile on the other side. And it says in verse 8, Thus the sons of Israel did as Joshua commanded and took up the twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, just as the Lord spoke to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of Israel. And they carried those rocks and they put them in a pile. And God said that this pile of stones was to be a memorial. And so they said, hey, when your kids come and say, what are these stones about? He said, you tell them, this is a testimony that God has delivered us. Now, something super, super important in this that people often miss. God didn't say, after I deliver you, get a stone. He didn't say, grab a stone as an object of faith as you walk over. No, no. Right in the middle of the journey, in the middle of the river, as it were, in the middle of the journey, he said, grab a stone and take it with you. You see, these memorial stones that we're supposed to gather, we're to collect them right in the middle of the struggle right in the middle of the deliverance. Not, not in the end. It's not like, Lord, I'll, 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 I'll save a reminder after you do your work. God's just like, no, no. Right now in the middle, collect a memory. Make it a memorial stone of what I have done for you. I've made a habit of collecting these memorial stones in my life. And, and I talk about this regularly from the pulpit. What I like to do is I like to recognize an important moment while it's happening, I like to be present. I like to just take in the scene. And I like to take a mental picture. I like to take a snapshot. I like to tell my spirit man, remember this. And I have memorial stones all in my heart from my life. I remember vacations, moments in vacations when we were all laughing and traveling. I can see the picture. I can see days that were important. But I want to show you a couple of these memorial stones from Revival Life Church. I want to take you on a little journey and then I'm going to bring you back here to close it out. Are you ready? All right, hey, stay, stay with us. Let's go. So when God spoke to Joshua about the sons of Israel getting these stones out of the Jordan River, these were natural stones. And these 12 natural stones were supposed to be placed into a pile on the side of the Jordan and they would comprise the testimony of the Jews being taken out of Egypt and out of captivity. Now, for us, most of the time, these aren't natural stones that we gather. They're spiritual. They're the testimony of what God has done in our life. And together, they comprise our testimony. They comprise the story of God's interaction with us in our lives. Together, for us, this pile of stones of the testimony of God moving in our lives is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I have found that some of these testimony stones can come at the most 
inopportune times, at times when we feel we could possibly be the lowest in our walk or the most forlorn, God is actually the closest, moving the greatest. One, one such opportunity for me was I felt like things were slipping away, like I had missed it. And then I had a visitation of the Lord. I had a, a, a visitation and I had an open heaven encounter and the Lord had shown me that a door had opened for me. Now, I felt like that this open door was going to be a supernatural promotion. I thought the Lord was supernaturally going to transport me into the future and things would begin to work out. But what I learned in this season, what I hope you learn in this season, is that most kingdom promotion comes in the way of an opportunity to be found faithful. This open door of opportunity, this promotion that I was given, was an opportunity to serve the least of these. He gave me an opportunity to serve middle school youth. Now, if you're a middle school youth, we love you. Uh, but many middle school youth don't, don't, don't smell great. And they're a little wild and they're trying to figure out their bodies and they're trying to figure out their humor. And, and it can be challenging on a Friday night. But I knew the Lord had opened this door for me and I wanted to be found faithful. So on a Friday night, I was a volunteer youth minister converting a pre-K classroom into a worship service location. I taught them how to worship and I preached the word and I laid hands on them and I prophesied over them and I did everything I felt like a child of God need to know. I saw a kingdom need and I made that kingdom need my burden. And when I made the kingdom's needs my need, the Lord provided everything I needed to meet that need. So, Every Friday night, I showed myself faithful and I began to challenge the people I was discipling. Hey, step up and reach your friends. Reach the people in your neighborhood. Gather a little group. And if you want, I'll even come and preach to them. Well, what do you know? Some of them began to take me up on it. And on a Tuesday night, a couple of brothers that were in my class said, Pastor Carl, we're going to get a group of guys together. And we told them you're going to come. You're going to prophesy over them. And the miracles are going to happen. And Wow, I was a little nervous. And so on that Tuesday night, I drove to this very parking lot. Uh, it's in the same neighborhood that these brothers lived in. And I pulled into a parking spot right over here because I was too nervous to drive straight up to the house. And I pulled into this parking lot and I began to pray. I mean, really pray. Like when you pray, like you need God to come through with a miracle. I remember the worship set that I had on in my car. I remember the parking spot that I prayed to the Lord in. Those are memorial stones in my pile of the testimony of Jesus Christ in my life. And as I sat in that parking spot, in this parking lot, the Lord gave me one scripture over and over. Acts 2, 38 and 39. Peter said, repent each of you and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I just saw some young people get saved and water baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. So I drove up to that house. I preached in that living room. I preached the whole story of God from Adam to Jesus. And I gave an altar call and to my sheer amazement, almost everyone in the room came forward. Then 
I wanted to complete the vision God had given me. And I opened that sliding glass door and I said, now you're going to get water baptized. And I had enough faith to bring a bathing suit with me. And I went in the restroom, I put on my bathing suit, and every one of them were standing next to the pool, ready to get water baptized. And here's what I learned in that season for Revival Life Church. This is the memorial stone that we brought with us from this season. I learned that the anointing of God would always be present in this ministry. I knew that if I preached the gospel and I told people that Jesus is still the baptizer in the spirit, the Holy Ghost would come. And that is part of the testimony of Jesus Christ here. In that season, I saw so many people who were barely teens function in the presence and power of God. And no one can ever convince me ever again that God will use anyone who yields to the Holy Spirit. The story, of course, doesn't stop there. It took another exciting turn. So come with us on the journey. Hi, we're, we're the, the Cop, Cop Cuts. Cuts. My name is Josh. My name is Maria. My testimony of with Revival Life Church just has to be community and how it's changed my life more than I could even imagine. Um, before I came to Revival Life Church, I never felt like I could fit in or I never felt like I did fit in. I never found, never felt like I could find my place. Um, as much as I tried, uh, I tried so hard to attain friendship and, and things like that, but it, I just, I don't know. But since I was invited to Revival Life, I, once I came, I never left. I found a family. I found a community that is encouraging and empowering. And, and, yeah. and honestly, without, Without Pastor and Pastora and, and the community of Revival Life Church, I have no idea where I ever will be, uh, where I would be with my life right now. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. But um, same here, like coming to Revival Life Church has blessed me with friendships, with family. Um, from the moment I came in, um, I wasn't just touched by the presence of God. I mean, that was amazing. It was so powerful. And I mean, since I've been coming, God has been speaking to me in greater ways than I've ever experienced. And um, but He has blessed me with a family. He's blessed me with a husband. He blessed mm -hmm. He's blessed us with a son. And we're just so thankful for this family and for the people that surround us and love us and encourage us every single week, every single day. And yeah. we're just so thankful for them. Um, you know, in hard times when we feel like we are alone like during this time right now you know god is using this community to, to you know stay connected yeah and also touch other people's lives and being used by god i think it's an amazing, it's amazing. thing we love you love you <laughs> as time went on after that initial friday night meeting that tuesday night outreach the Lord really began to move on my heart to begin a work in my own living room of my condo. Tracy and I were waiting until the Lord provided, but He didn't. And so we just used what we had and gathered people in our home. We quickly outgrew our living room and we had meetings in community halls and fellowship halls and right here at what I call the Quezon Memorial Stone. When the Lord had told us to begin having weekly Friday night meetings, Quezon United Methodist Church was the only place that would allow us to rent a facility weekly. So starting on 
Those Friday nights we met right here in this fellowship hall. Such an amazing time in the life of the church. It's an amazing story. When I met with one of the elders, they said years ago, they allowed a Jewish synagogue to meet in their fellowship hall. And that sparked a spiritual revival in their church. And their church was at an all-time low when we went and solicited them. And the elder hoped that the same thing would happen after they hosted us. So we began to meet here every Friday night. And what do you know, today their church is about quadruple the size it was when we started. Eventually the Lord told us to move to Sunday morning and become a formal church. That was another massive step for us. When we finally found a place to meet at Orchard View Elementary, we signed that first lease and we gave them a check. As it turned out, another church planner that very week told me that he had had a sizable offering in his church and he wanted to sow into our work. When we signed that check for Orchard View Elementary, it was exactly the amount of money that we had in the bank. What we learned at that memorial stone was that we could trust God for provision. Now, in those ensuing years, there were hard lessons. There was a foundation of worship. We learned intercession. We learned discipleship. We learned relationship. We learned outreach. But the most important memorial stone that we gained here at Quezon Methodist and at Orchard View uh, Elementary School was that the people who had a lasting life change in our church got involved in the faith community. Those who committed to living life with one another were the people who really grew in the Lord. And today, that belief that people who get involved in community grow in Jesus is a memorial stone in the life of Revival Life Church. We firmly believe that God puts the lonely in family. Why are these memorial stones important? Why is it important that they gathered those rocks on the side of the Jordan? Why is it important for us to revisit our natural history? And why is it important for you to revisit your spiritual history? Revelation 19.10 says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What Pastor Tracy likes to always say is, do you know what God is going to do? Remember what he's already done. And this is truly our testimony. These things that God has done in our lives, we can count on him to do again. And what you've seen God do and how you've seen him move in your life and in the life of your family, you can trust he'll do again. But the story isn't over, of course. Stick with us. Happy birthday, Revival Life Church. Happy birthday, Revival Life Church from the Thomases. One of the Thomases. Yes. We love being a part of this community. And I know I personally have grown a lot, have had life and vision spoken into my life. Me too. We have tons of testimonies, but we have a pretty fresh one. Yes, my class got canceled and there was not going to be any more science and my prayer group prayed for it. And bam, last week, science is back on. So if you want to come to the prayer group that gets results, <laughs> Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. Revival Life is amazing. We love you guys. 
This is another stone in my personal memorial pile in that of Revival Life Church. Quezon Methodist was amazing to meet at. They were, they were great to us. We loved being there, but the Lord began to speak to us about moving our services from an outreach on Friday nights to a church on Sunday morning. This was scary to say the least. We had to start a children's ministry. We expanded some of our other ministries. We had set up Sunday mornings, had to buy some more equipment. It was an exciting season. We found an elementary school in Delray. We began meeting there and we became a church in Delray Beach. We started doing outreaches in downtown Delray. We would be at community festivals, worshiping and having healing, free healing booths at community centers. And it was super exciting. And we just kind of trucked along and dig our thing and so excited about what God was doing in our midst. Then lo and behold, one week we got a phone call from the principal of that school. She told us she loved having us there, but she could no longer host us because she didn't have a custodian to work Sunday mornings. Now, that was bad enough, but it was just a few weeks before Christmas, one of the biggest days on the Christian calendar. We had been inviting people, we had our services ready, and we had nowhere to meet. We learned that we had to trust God. Here was the crazy part. God had spoken to us a few weeks beforehand that something was coming and we needed to get ready. Now, we didn't know what it was, but when this happened, we knew he was talking and we knew we weren't alone. Wouldn't you know it, the same week that we didn't have a place to meet, the children began a curriculum called On the Trail, teaching about the children of Israel wandering in the desert with no homeland. Clearly God was talking. So we began to meet at an event place in Boca and right here at the Boca Center Marriott. And while we weren't stable, we had a saying, hey, the mission, you can come if you can find us. People were added to our church right here and one of my closest friends found his wife right here in one of these meetings. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more than they? Look, in this season, it could feel a little bit like you're on the trail. It could feel like your world has been turned upside down. Jesus gets it. His father took care of him in this crazy season that he called earthly ministry. And our father took care of us in this season. And the stone that I have in my memorial pile from here was that we have to trust God even when we don't understand what's happening. I don't understand exactly what's happening in this season. But when I look at my memorial stones, I remember I still need to trust God because He understands and He cares. Come on, we have one more stop before we bring this to a landing. Happy, Happy anniversary, Revival Life Church. Happy birthday, Revival Life Church. My name is Gina Harwood. I just wanted to share a quick testimony with you about how God met me when I first came to the church. 
So we were meeting in Boca Middle School at this time, and as we walked up to the church for the very first time, I just felt so welcomed and loved by uh, the different people greeting us and hugging us and loving on us. And even after the services, um, people would come out and they learned our names very quickly. They would talk to us, see how we were doing. And that just really left an impression on me immediately from our very first visit. And I knew during worship as I cried week after week that we were exactly where God wanted us to be. And the presence of God was in this church and is in this church. So thank you. I hope all of your families are safe. And again, happy birthday, Revival Life. That brings us to our next point of our journey. We were on the trail, wandering, not knowing why God had us on this journey. And we wound up here at Boca Middle. So many amazing things happened here. Now, first of all, we were happy just to be off the trail. God did amazing things here. He added so many amazing people. We didn't understand why we didn't have a permanent home yet. And we prayed and we had intercession and we worshiped and we saw the Holy Ghost come. We saw Holy Spirit come in such amazing ways here. And as we prayed and as we fasted and as we cried out and as we worshiped, we just kept asking God, give us our own place, give us our own place. And eventually we found out that it wasn't the destination God was after. He wanted us to love him on the journey. So it was here that the stone that I gathered for my memorial pile was that we decided to appreciate the season we were in. We just had to appreciate the season we were in. We didn't have some things that we wanted to have. We, we weren't in a location that we wanted to be forever. We didn't have some of the facilities we had prayed for, but we said, you know what? God is with us right now. So we began to have intercession. We began to have our Friday night burning room again. We began to really embrace where we were at. We decided to just welcome the Holy Ghost of God and let him move right here in this season. And some of you, my favorite people in my life, found us right here in this place. Some of the closest people in my lives with the most beautiful little kids discovered us right here at Boca Middle. We, we decided, you know, we're not going to complain about the trail. We're not going to keep looking to what could be happening. We're not going to keep saying, I'll be happy once God delivers me. We said, you know what? We're going to love God right here in this season. And as we did that, things began to move. We started to, once we embraced where we were at, God began to move us in our hearts a little bit to say, hey, now, now in the midst of this contentment, in the midst of this surrender, in the midst of this embrace, now I have you where I want you. Now I can begin to move you. When we tried to make it happen, it didn't happen. But once we said, God, whatever you have, it is well with our soul. Then God decided to move us. Listen, 
I wouldn't trade the Memorial Stone of Boca Middle for anything. We had so many amazing people serving in such an amazing way at Boca Middle. This is a beautiful stone in our memorial pile, but the story didn't end here. And so here we are back again. That brings us to where we're at now. Here in Revival Life Church's current location. God brought us here after we learned to appreciate that season we were in. And He brought us to this location after we realized there was more He wanted to do. We came here, we set up, we recorded our album, we launched the burning room. We just did so much here because we really surrendered to God's timing. And now, as we have gathered our memorial stones and we've made our pile to remember what God has done, I don't know what's happening in your life right now. Maybe coronavirus hasn't changed anything, but I have a feeling if you're anything like me, God has been doing something in this season regardless. And at times we can feel pulled in different directions. And I want to remind you to pause and appreciate your season. Listen, God is with you in this season. He has not forsaken you. He's not abandoned you. He's totally with you. He totally knows what's going on and he absolutely has a plan. He's not caught off guard. He's not worried. The crazies that can come, he actually has a solution for them. And let me tell you this, the victories in this season are going to be the testimony that carries you through the next season. God is building something right now. Don't look to the next season. Don't, don't, don't forsake what God is doing right now in your life. I want you to be encouraged that no matter how you feel or how the enemy's pulling at your heart, God is with you and he's building something in this testimony. The church of Jesus Christ was birthed on the day of Pentecost. And at Revival Life Church, we have always preached the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it's what Jesus came to do. To die on a cross that we could be worthy to receive the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And Peter preached it, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Listen, friend, I don't know where you're at today, but if you're away from God, if you're separated, maybe you've never received Jesus Christ, or maybe you've allowed the cares of this world to separate your heart from Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity today to give your life to Christ. If you desire to get a fresh start with him today, I just want you to repeat this prayer in your heart. Say it out loud. Say, Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you ascended to the Father and you're at his right hand right now praying for me. Save me. Wash me clean. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and give me power to be a witness in power over sin. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, 
Amen and amen and amen.